It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. One for three. One for three or yeah, one and that's two? That's what I meant. One for three. Oh, one for three. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> USC, baby. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 690 of Locked on Raptors for Thursday, March the 26th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of Raptors.com for the month of March. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked on Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, please make sure you are checking out the Locked on Podcast Network. We have so much great stuff going on right now across the network. If you are a sports fan yearning for the sports, we have you covered. We are still going daily. Still going strong. Lots of creativity coming out of all of our hosts. If you are a hockey fan and you like the work of Down Goes Brown, Sean McIndoe, as I do, you can listen to Locked On Canadians from today. As Laura and Scott from that show had Sean on to talk about a whole bunch of different things, including the Toronto Maple Leafs. So if you are a Leaf fan who listens to this podcast, that might be worth checking into uh, Locked on Habs with Laura and Scott. Um, Other than that, yeah, just make sure you're subscribing to, rating, and reviewing all the shows that you want to support on the network. It's very much appreciated. Helps us through uh, what is a very trying time and gives us that ego boost that we need to uh, keep on putting out good stuff for you. So thanks in advance for doing that. All right, on today's show, it is another installment of the Raptors' greatest individual performances bracket that I am doing for Raptors.com. The Elite Eight went up today, and joining me to talk all about the four remaining matchups in that tournament, the most important tournament that is going on this March, is a man who uh, I believe was on this very podcast to talk about a different bracket that we co-wrote last year for Raptors HQ about all the reasons why Kawhi Leonard was definitely going to stay in Toronto. And look how right we were. It's Jay Rosales. What's up, buddy? Hey, thanks for uh, taking me down memory lane. I have already shut that out of my memory. But uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And I got to say, it is not as fun as the uh, the Gersfote bracket that you put together. 
and I think that that rolls right off the tongue. The greatest Raptors regular season performance of all time. That's too long. I think Gersboat sounds so much better, and I love that you put this together. And thank you for uh, for bringing me on. Yeah, of course, man. Yeah, the Gersboat is the official name of the tournament. Uh, go read the piece at Raptors.com if you have not yet. And uh, we're just going to run through the four matchups and uh, make our picks. I am pretty torn on a couple of these, a couple I'm very sure of, but uh, we will talk through them either way. Let's begin. I guess I should sort of recap how the voting went in the last round. It was, uh, you know, I'm not a person who wants to tell people how to be a fan all the time. I I feel like that's, like, not my place as a person who covers the team. and I don't want to tell people how to enjoy it, but I will say that people got it wrong this time around in a pretty big way. Uh, There was voting done for the Elite Eight, and one of the matchups in particular... I had to overturn the decision because it didn't make any sense to me. We'll get to that in just a sec. But uh, running through the two regions in the Wayne Embry region, DeMar DeRozan's 52-point game against the Bucks just slapped Kawhi Leonard's 45 against the Utah Jazz. 84% of the vote going to DeMar. Uh, next matchup, another DeMar matchup, the number 12 seed, DeMar's 42-point game against the Bulls up against Kyle Lowry's uh, duel with Steph Curry in a losing effort back in December 2015. Uh, the, Kyle Lowry wins that that matchup 62-38 in the percentage of the vote. The 11-3 matchup, a very narrow one that made me sweat, is Pascal Siakam falling to Terrence Ross's 51-point game. Siakam's 44-point game earlier in the season was the one he had in contention here. And uh, Ross takes 53% of the vote to move on. And the 10-2 matchup, an upset, Kawhi Leonard's game against the uh, Portland Trailblazers where he goes for 38 points and the game winner that bounced around in an eerily uh, foreshadowing fashion against Vince Carter's 48 points against the Milwaukee Bucks back in early, or yeah, the early part of the season in 2000-2001. The Kawhi Leonard game wins with 61% of the vote there. So we'll, we'll start with the Embry region, then we'll get over to the more controversial uh, John Saunders region. But let's start off in the Embry region with the matchup in the top half of the regional semifinals for the region. It is the number one seed, DeMar DeRozan's 52 points against the Bucks against Kyle Lowry's duel with Steph Curry in a losing effort uh, against the undefeated Warriors. Jay... My question to you is, who should win this matchup? This is one of the two that I am very much split on. Yeah, I'll, I'll start off with uh, who I think should win. And, and short answer is, I think it should be DeMar DeRozan that, that, that gets through on this. But I got to say, I, I, like you, had a lot of difficulty with this one. Um, the the thing with DeMar DeRozan's thing is that it, it felt like it was the start of something very special with the Raptors. It was uh, not only a... Um, a, a franchise record for for most points in a game um but it was against a bucks team that was kind of up and coming they weren't quite there yet they weren't quite to the uh regular season world beaters that they became the following season but they definitely were a team that you had to keep an eye on and um the fact that DeRozan was able to do this to them kind of added to the how special the performance was and then moving over to to Kyle Lowry I mean this was uh, I was anticipating this a lot of the reason why is because I really felt that before this game that the Raptors could really end the Warriors. I think they were 20-0 or 21-0 mm-hmm. to this point. And I was like, we've got this. I, I think I, I possibly placed, placed a couple of wagers on this. I was bragging everybody. I, I was really sure that the Raptors had what it took to, to do it. And the fact that 
of all players on the team that it was Lowry who to that point had this you know very negative moniker in terms of coming up in big games or sorry falling short in big games the fact that it was him who led the way uh, really made this a very difficult decision um, in the end I ended up going uh, with DeRozan um, I think because when you think about um, you know statement games this was this for me was uh, amongst the best, if not the best, for for DeRozan as a Raptor. But for Lowry, I think that a, a bit of what's happened after uh, has kind of clouded my judgment here, and I feel like there's uh, many more performances that have kind of uh, uh, surpassed this. So for me, it's it's DeRozan. Yeah, I I'm trying to find the best way to sort of balance the bracket as well. And maybe that's the bat, the wrong way to go about it. I don't know if there's a right or wrong way to go about it, but I like, I'm trying to envision the ways in which Kyle Lowry moves on to the next round. And like, I think he's going to make it in other matchups. He is the lone guy with three remaining entries in the tournament with six guys having solo entries, uh, including DeMar. And so, I think I'm pretty comfortable giving DeMar the win here because I think Kyle's going to get through somewhere else. I would have felt a little weird if Kyle wasn't in the final four at all. Um, and we'll talk about how the sort of bracket balancing and ensuring the right people are represented uh, came into play on the other side of the bracket in a sec. But I, I think Kyle will get through somewhere else. And that DeMar game was incredible. You're totally right. That was a year where there was also the sort of the baked in that was one of those games where the bucks had the raptors circled i'm sure because they were just coming off losing to them in the playoffs the previous season and they were you know they were ascendant they weren't as you know like you said not the world beaters 60 win team they were last season but Giannis was still incredible. Him and Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe all played really well in that game. This was a game where pretty much everyone was just playing out of their minds. Kyle had a fantastic game as well. He had 26 points. But DeMar just, like, took it over in a way that really sort of, I I think, made you believe in this team in a way that you hadn't really maybe, you know, with all the losses in the playoffs in the years prior. And obviously we knew what would come eventually for this team now, but... Uh, like at the time it really felt like it was different right and it felt like okay this is going to be the one seed in the eastern conference this team has the statistical profile that can actually stack up against a pretty lackluster Cavs team that's going through some disarray it, it felt like that win over the Bucks too really sort of a- amplified how good De- DeRozan had gotten and how he maybe had taken the leap from being someone who imposed a cap on your team to hey maybe with this three-point shooting and this playmaking and the ability to score from wherever on the floor maybe that changes what the Raptors are capable of with him as the number one and so as much as it didn't obviously pan out the way we would have hoped that game did offer a lot of uh, optimism I think and so I, I think I'm going to Mar here too that Lowry game was so special, though, man. Like, that duel with, with Steph. And it had the Raptors won that game, I think Lowry wins this with a bullet. The fact that they lost, I think, probably uh, cuts into his case. Although, the, the the argument on the other side, if you're still unsure and you're thinking of ways that you want to sort of support your case for Lowry, is that Lowry was kind of on an island in that game. No one else played well outside of, like, Bebe Noguera, who had 14 points off the bench. Everyone else was bad. DeMar was 5 of 19. I think Lowry outscored the entire starting lineup by himself. And it just, it was not a well-played game by the Raptors outside of Kyle, and he still kept them close with the undefeated Warriors. So I think that if you're looking for reasons to pick Kyle is it, but I'm with you. I think I'm going DeMar here, and he goes into the final four in my bracket as the number one overall seed, still going strong. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? 
I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Uh, the next matchup, we don't need to talk about this one too much. It's pretty academic, baby. Uh, you get the three seed, Terrence Ross's 51-point game against the LA Clippers against Kawhi Leonard's 38-3-5 with the game-winning shot against the Blazers last year. Jay, where are you leaning on here? Answer carefully, my friend. <laughs> no, I actually, uh, you know, this this actually wasn't a, a difficult decision for me either. I too am going the route of Terrence Ross, but uh, I think the reasoning behind it is we'll, we'll get you'll get some. I think you'll get some validation in the voting as well. Um, I think what you found throughout your bracket here is that there has been a lot of recency bias, mm-hmm. and you have seen a lot of things that have happened over the last two seasons um, with a few upsets here, and I actually don't think I think that that works in the favor of Terrence Ross because he has managed to defeat um, even in the last round defeating Pascal Siakam's 44 point uh, game night I mean that is fresh in people's minds and the fact that Terrence Ross could still defeat that is a good sign for him moving forward especially considering uh, I think that the way the voting is going to shake out is that um, you know people are going to remember other Kawhi game winners above this one so um the other thing with Terrence Ross too is that when you think about like greatest regular season performances of all time you know it really has to stand out in terms of you know whether or not like I I can't even tell you like I'll be honest I forgot whether or not the Raptors won this game all I know is that Terrence Ross got 51 all I know is that I was hanging on every single shot he was making. I can't say the same for the Kawhi game against Portland. So, for me, um, selecting Terrence Russell was a fairly easy one in this in this um, matchup, and I think that it has a very strong case moving forward as it moves towards the Final Four in terms of, you know, kind of staying ingrained in people's memories. And you know, when you call out those great performances, what's the first thing that comes to mind? And this definitely has uh, the, the right ingredients there to to take it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I fear Kawhi in this matchup just because the recency bias does really seem to be a thing in this tournament. And, like, I, there's only so much you can blame people for that. I mean, it, it happens. It, it's what's freshest in the mind. It's, you know, a lot of new fans from the last couple seasons maybe don't, don't even remember the Terrence Ross game. But I, I think if you just go back and, like, watch the highlight videos, Ross is just, like, on this other level where he just makes it look so easy. And the thing about Kawhi's game is that. 38-3-5 could have been a line from any number of games he had last year. He scored 30 points 22 times in the 60 games he played. He had plenty of games where he really shone. And like the only reason this game, I think, got into the bracket, for me at least, was because of the foreshadowing notes of the buzzer, of not even the buzzer beater, just the game-winning shot he hit. Like There was a lot 
of there were so many games last year where you easily could have chosen it to be in the bracket for Kawhi. And it just, it, to me, it doesn't stand out enough against the backdrop of the entire season, season to warrant getting into the Final Four. I'm surprised to beat the Vince Carter 48-point game, to be honest. But uh, it's here now. I fear it for sure, but I think Terrence Ross, not just because of my very, very obvious biases, but I do think Terrence Ross is the, the preeminent favorite to win this one, and he should win it. And uh, I don't want to have to get all problematic and exercise emergency powers, if, but I, I will do it. I don't, I, I don't care. <laughs> but, well, well, the other thing, too, is like if you play the, the, the what-if game with this, if Kawhi Leonard's shot doesn't fall the buzzer doesn't fall um, it's just a game then this is this is just this is just a game if terrence ross misses one of shots then he has 49 points then 51 which is still ridiculous so yeah yeah i think for me uh, the terrence ross choice is a no-brainer yeah uh and, and just like there's so many more moments in that ross performance too that are just like standout plays he had the putback dunk he had the three from like 30 feet out at the buzzer at the end of the third quarter over <laughs> willie green's poor ass uh it, it was there's just so many more standout individual moments and plays from it that i, I just i don't think Kawhi conjured in that game where he just conjured so many similar games that just like carbon copies of the same game over the course of the year that I don't think he really deserves to be in the Final Four. Also, he's probably the person who least cares about his regular season performances. Give it to the one who actually, like, probably remembers this regular season game more. Give it to Terrence Ross, please. Uh, I will continue lobbying. Uh, At the time I voted, uh, Terrence Ross was up only 51-49 in the voting, and I was terrified. And so uh, (laughs) thank you to the people who listened to my lobbying. I think this speaks to my ability as an organizer, and uh, I hope to carry it on into the next round. Let's flip over now to the John Saunders region where there is controversy, as the English say. Not with the number one seed. Kyle Lowry moves on against Pascal Siakam. Uh, 63% of the vote. It was Siakam's 44 points against Washington last year against Kyle's 43 career high with the game winner against the Cleveland Cavaliers. The next matchup is where I had to uh, flex some muscle and do the thing that governments are doing right now in this time of crisis exercising emergency powers when it's needed. Uh, Kawhi Leonard's game against the Warriors last year, 37 points in that duel with KD, ended up beating Vince Carter's 51 points on national TV by a score of 60% to 40%. And I just thought that was dumb. I think that's wrong, objectively. I think Vince's game is better. I think the statistical profile obviously is better. It's why it's ranked higher, had the better game score. He scored 51 freaking points. It was the arrival of the Raptors on the national stage. It capped off the same month that was highlighted by the dunk contest as well. All of it just goes to show that it was a better game, objectively, yet Kawhi ended up pulling it out. Uh, we'll get to the, the whether or not I was right there in a sec. Let's just finish off the other matchups. Kyle Lowry's game against the Dallas Mavericks uh, earlier this season takes down OG Ananobi's game against the Denver Nuggets uh, two years ago on March 1st of this month, uh, 76 to 20 or 77 to 23. And then Serge Ibaka's game where he goes 15 to 17 against the Lakers at the start of last season takes down Chris Bosch's 45 and five against Dwight Howard's magic back in 2008. Let's, uh, let's address the, the, the controversy here, Jay. Do you think I was right to use my emergency powers to eliminate Kawhi and move Vince Carter on, even though he lost the vote 60-40? I'm probably in the minority, but I back you on this. Um, it's it's less so to do with um, you know what the the decision to to 
to choose Vince Carter over over Kawhi. It's more, when do we ever get this opportunity, really? Uh, I, I can't help but think about the bracket you and I were running last year for, the, for why Kawhi was staying. And if ever you and I were stuck on one, we kind of left it to to the, the voters, right? We left it to the Twitter followers to choose who the tiebreaker was. And I'm sure even in those scenarios, you probably felt like, no, I still don't agree with the fans, and I kind of want to go what I believe is correct. And here you are, and you did it. And you know what? I applaud you for it. Um, it took guts to do it, and you did it. And I can't fault you for it. And this is the thing. is, It's not like it is. you are trying to give credit to a 16 seed over a 1 seed here because you you know subjectively think that it's better. Vince scoring 51 on national TV deserves it. So I, I'm not going to fault you for it. Uh, again, applaud you for, for the guts of doing it. And uh, I'm ready to pretend that uh, Kawhi never should have been here. <laughs> yeah, I, I just it didn't sit right with me to have no Vince Carter games in the final four of the bracket. Or the final eight of the bracket, that is. It just it didn't make any sense. I thought, you know, this is... A, a bracket about the most incredible performances in Raptors history. And Carter is responsible for so many. He could have had, I believe if I went by game score, he has like eight of the t- the best 12 games or something like that. Like he could have had way more if I didn't arbitrarily cap it at three entries per person, uh, right. entries into the tournament. And this is his best one. I know it's not his highest seed. He's just a four seed here, but... Like, it's just, it's his best game and when you include the context, when you include the time at which it happened, when you include the impact of it, the lasting memories of it. Like, it was just, it's unquestionably a better individual game than Kawhi's game against the Warriors, which was great. I'm not denigrating that game at all. It was incredible. But Carter's game against the Suns on national TV for the first time ever for the team, it just, it set off a wave of momentum. It, he was the, again, I'll, I'll reiterate this. He was the antagonist in Like Mike, I believe, because of this this game. <laughs> like He becomes the bad guy in the best basketball movie there is because of this game. And so I, I have no qualms with what I've done here. Maybe it's problematic. Maybe it's uh, anti-democratic. I don't know. But sometimes in extreme circumstances, you just need leadership to take a hold. And I've done so here. Vince Carter moves on. He will take on Kyle Lowry's 43-point game against the Cavaliers back in 2016. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Uh, this is, to me, the most difficulty I've had with a matchup so far in the tournament. Where are you leaning? Kyle's 43 or Vince's 51? Yeah, I had, I had difficulty with this one, too. Um, I ultimately end up choosing Lowry, but the problem is is that they these two, there are so many parallels between the two. You already painted uh, a perfect picture of what Vince Carter's game meant uh, to this franchise in terms of it being on national TV, in terms of kind of this coming out party for 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 Vince and the Raptors. Um, you, you know, it, it wasn't that long ago where the Raptors were scrapping to get any national TV coverage. It's probably still kind of the case now. But with this game specifically, I remember this. I remember thinking that this kind of put Vince Carter and the Raptors on the map. And 
with Lowry's game, you could say the exact same thing. And the fact that it was against the Cavs and it was against LeBron and it was Lowry, again, trying to overcome this, this moniker of being someone who comes up short in big games. That's not the case. It never was the case. Well, not never, but I mean, it was not the case for a lot longer than people assume. And here he is with like an outstanding, truly, truly memorable game. And I really struggled with this because, again, they both were, um, uh, I guess, tone setting in terms of where the Raptors stand in the league. Um, I ultimately chose Lowry because I feel like, um, well, on the side, more on a smaller note, I really do want to see Lowry versus Lowry in the next round, but we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, but really, I think that he came up with some big shots down the stretch. And I think that if you look at the numbers, they're barely even. Yes, Vince Carter scored more, but Lowry's clutch jumpers in the end, for me, put it over the top. Um, if we take away even the context of like this being a nationally televised game for Vince, if we just think about the game itself and how each of these players were able to elevate their games and elevate the teams, then for me, it's Lowry. And um, yeah, he, he, for me, wins this matchup. Yeah, the argument for Lowry, like there's a lot of context around this game too, right? Like this was the season, if you recall, uh, early in January of this year, the Raptors lost back-to-back games. One against the uh, Chicago Bulls. This was the game, I believe, where Jimmy Butler scored 40 points in the second half. And then the next game, they lost to the Cavs, I think, at home as well. It might have been on the road. Either way. Um, they lost those two games. And that was, like, bad take Armageddon in Toronto. And I believe it was, like, Tim and Sid suggested that the Raptors should blow it up after they lost those two games. Obviously, that was insane and wrong. But that was like the level of, I think, fatigue with the team at that point because they had lost the two previous playoffs because of how disappointing the Wizards series was and because you had like Damari Carroll injured and in, like in his first season with the team and it wasn't going well and it was just kind of a nightmare. I really think it was sort of a, a flashpoint for the team where I don't think the Raptors were going to move on from anybody, but I think that was a point where the, the opinion on the team and the feelings around the team were really sort of wavering among the fan base and the media. And then they went 11 games in a row after that Cavs game and kind of restored faith a little bit. And then it was that Cavs game late in February that really was sort of the next, like, signpost, right? Where had the Raptors lost that game, we'd probably go right back to bad takes all over the place. But they pull it out because Kyle just played out of his fucking mind, had his best game ever, like, statistically, and also overcame a pretty rough game from the rest of the team. DeMar was really bad in that one. Most of the starters weren't very good. Terrence Ross had 15 points because Terrence Ross is a hero, but um, it was uh, it was, it was just Lowry. It was Lowry individually carrying the team, scoring 43 of the 99 points they scored with that game winner, with, I think, nine assists as well. It, it was that was the game that sort of made you believe, okay, maybe they do have a shot if they get to the playoffs and, and they come across the Cavs. And it sort of hinted at, to me, the conference finals potential that team had. That was the year where just just before this game, it was, oh, are they going to trade for Markeith Morris? They should trade for Markeith Morris, blah, 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 blah. They need Ryan Anderson. They need something. And I was always of the mind that 
they're fine the way they are. The East kind of sucks. They probably stand a pretty good shot of making it through anyway. And that's what happened. And this was the game that sort of showed to me that I was right, basically, that like Kyle was good enough and that the team was good enough that they could kind of get by. Maybe that's an arrogant way for me to talk about it, talk about it but whatever, I don't care. Uh, it's my podcast. Uh, and so, yeah, that, that game to me was just remarkable stuff from Kyle. We've talked about the importance of the Carter game. I think I'm also going to go with Kyle, I think, but I'm not sure, and I might change my mind when I go vote, but that Kyle game was something special, man, and I think it deserves to be through, and it's a one seed for a reason. So leaning towards Kyle right now, I reserve the right to change my mind a little bit later. Uh, we come to the final <laughs> matchup in the Elite Eight, the last regional semifinal. This one pits Kyle Lowry's game earlier this season against the Mavs, against Serge Ibaka and his 34-point career high night against the Lakers last season. This, to me, is the least interesting of the matchups. I think Kyle's going to walk in this one. He walked in the last round as well, 76% of the vote, or 77, that is, uh, completely pasting OG Ananobi to the chagrin, I'm sure, of Emma J. Brown. Uh, sorry, Emma. Uh, <laughs> but it was it, it was deserved, I think. And if you're talking individual performances, like, again, this is a, a one where Kyle does the thing where he's like, okay, I'm not losing this game. Everyone else can join me or not, but I'm not losing this game on my own. And he won that game against the Mavs in really resounding fashion. On the other side, you have Serge Ibaka, who had one of his most efficient nights of all time. Where are you leaning in this matchup, Jay? Uh, I agree with you. This is going to be a wash, which is why I'm actually going to talk about the previous matchup one more time and say, please, Sean, make the right decision when you make your final choice for Lowry versus Vince Carter, because if you have to overturn another Vince Carter game in this voting, you will lose all faith from everyone else's votes. <laughs> <laughs> if Vince Carter somehow doesn't get voted by you and then you overturn him into the semifinals that's uh you're gonna hells will be unleashed i i am not overturning I, I, anything that doesn't involve terrence ross in <laughs> in the elite eight <laughs> i probably won't overturn a ross decision either but i'm not making any promises right now because really i think it's been it's clear that i'm using this raptors.com platform as just a way to push my pro ross agenda and uh, I want to continue to do that as long as possible. And I'm glad the fine people at Raptors.com have allowed me to do this. They're crazy, but I appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, I'm not going to overturn it's anything on the Saunders side of the bracket at yeah, all. It's I swear. fantastic what you've, what you've managed to do here. And it's absolutely <laughs> working. Um, so, sorry, back to your original question about the, about the Larry Ibaka matchup. Yes, uh, easily this, is, this, this was the easiest decision to make of the four. Uh, Larry will absolutely, um, I imagine he'll paste surge on this one. Um, but I think what's what's interesting to note here with Lowry is that, you know, we, for years we've been saying how Lowry plus bench is a great lineup, blah, 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 blah. But this was the, like, ultimate example of that, right? I mean, geez, if you look at that lineup that was on the floor, I mean, it was with Malcolm Miller, of all people. And the fact that they would come back from from that deficit, from that 30-point deficit against the Mavs was just truly remarkable. Typically, I would say that this was a team effort, not so much a uh, person per se who kind of carried us through, but this had Lowry written all over it. And again, it kind of um, is elevated by the fact that he has consistently done well with uh, the bench unit and propping them up, and this uh, is something that will live on, I think, in, in Raptors fans' memories for all time. Um, when it comes to Surge, 
I'll be honest, I don't even know if he was the best player in that game. If I think about that game against the Lakers, I can't help but think about Chris Boucher's uh, uh, ability to step up and Terrence Davis stepping up. So No, 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 no. Well, this was this is 2018 season, 2018-19. Oh, but this is a Kawhi oh, rest night. Game? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Okay, then I have the wrong game in mind. Yeah. This Which was is... it was like similar time on the calendar, but it was uh, yeah. It was a Kawhi load yes. management night, and then Kyle, I think, actually, like the funny, the interesting argument here is Kyle had 15 assists in that game, seven of which were to Surge. So, yes. like that game doesn't really happen for Surge without Kyle, which is sort of uh, he's up against Kyle in two ways here. I see. Yes, and you're absolutely right. You're right. I did, I did have that in, in in my notes here. I don't know why I started talking about the wrong game, but anyways, I think that also shows to you how how little I think of Ibaka's game regardless. And not to say that it wasn't it wasn't spectacular. It absolutely was and it was a statement game. Um, but for me I still think that Lowry's gonna win this one in in a wash. Uh, and I really do like I am I mean kind of looking forward here. Um, assuming that these two Lowry matchups do win out, um, and, and that's a bit of a stretch considering how, how tight the, the matchup with Vince Carter will be. But the possibility of Lowry plus bench game versus Lowry, you know, stepping up in in the clutch and big moment Kyle and pitting those two against each other is going to be phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Um, But we'll see how the voting turns out. Um, I do think that, you know, I'd venture to guess that this Lowry versus Ibaka matchup will end up somewhere in the range of like 85 to 15 percent because... You know, it's a uh, it's a bit of a no brainer here for me. Don't underestimate the uh, the how border you bump. Serge Ibaka is beloved. He's made it through two rounds. He, I don't think he's any slouch here. And if you're grasping at straws to try to make an argument for Serge in this game, Kyle Lowry assisted on seven of Serge's 15 made buckets, and so that's that's pretty good, obviously. But Serge was seven of nine on shots that were off of Lowry passes, and he was eight of eight when he was not given the ball by Lowry. So this wasn't entirely Lowry setting Surge up for success all night long with just, like, a dozen pick-and-pop jumpers. Like, there was some Surge doing this on his own, whether it was putbacks, whether I'm pretty sure there were a couple of his, like, really fun, like, two-step drives from the three-point line and dunking. Um, so that that was part of this game as well. But I think Lowry probably uh, is going to carry the day here. That Mavs game was absurd. And, yeah, a, a Lowry and bench unit game making it to the final four seems pretty fitting so uh i think we've both kind of come to a consensus i'm still not entirely sure on the vince versus kyle in the previous matchup i don't i'm still on a little bit torn but uh for the most part i think we both think the number one seed demar is going through terrence ross is going through uh one of kyler vince is going through and then kyle's game over the mavs uh is going to beat surge to go through to make the final member of the final four if that happens, we will have two one seeds, a three seed, and a fourteen seed in the final four, which is fun. Uh, you get the the good mix of the best of the best, and also an upstart Cinderella, which is always what you want in the actual tournament, whenever it actually happens and isn't canceled by disease. Uh, Jay, thank you so much for coming on the show today, man. This was great. Thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, do you have anything you would like to plug? Well, thanks for, for having me on. Um, I just uh, put out a piece on Raptors HQ uh, talking about one of the performances that were on the bracket earlier on, which is the Canyon, uh, sorry, Keon Clark 12-block uh, game. So I did a feature on Keon Clark, um, just kind of seeing where he's at right now. Not so great. And 
Uh, yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter at uh, uh, Rosalisaurus, and you can find um, my podcast there. That's a rap podcast. We're, we're, I think we recently talked about uh, the best and worst jerseys in your closet. So if you don't mind, uh, if I put you on the spot here, what are yours? Uh, in terms of basketball jerseys, I don't really have any bad ones. I have uh, a DeMar DeRozan black Raptors jersey. I have a Sharif Abdurrahim, and I have a Rashid Wallace, as well as a Jose Calderon, um, a, a, a Wallace a Blazers there. jersey. I I do have like a Jose Reyes uh, Blue Jays jersey, which is trash now because he's a trash person. That's my that's probably my worst one. Um, I've also yeah. got like a Dion Phaneuf Maple Leaf jersey, which I, I didn't mind Dion, but probably not a great purchase in hindsight. Uh, but yeah, that 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 that's what I got for you. What's your worst one? Oh, my worst. I was. I'm on the same lines. I think I there isn't a really bad one there. It's just more context related. And the only one I could list at the time was Diego Maradona. Ooh. So I guess I mean it looks cool, but it's more like if you think about what he's been doing off the field. <laughs> I guess that's worst. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, well, that, uh, that seems like a good place to leave it. Thank you so much, man. This was great. Uh, you can find me at Woodley Sean. Subscribe to, rate, and review uh, the podcast and all the other Lockdown Podcast Network shows that you want to support. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, you can go to Raptors.com and read my latest, uh, the entire post on this part of the bracket. And look out on Saturday for the final four. And then we'll get into the finals next Thursday. So keep an eye out there, too. And uh, that is going to do it. We will talk to you again on Friday. I think Katie Heindel is going to join for a mailbag for another episode of Locked on Raptors. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.